I'm Clement O. And this is Kira B. And you're listening to another episode of The, the Political, Political Drunkies, Drunkies Podcast. Cue music. Good afternoon, good evening, good morning, wherever you are in the world. Welcome to your favorite part of the week. It is Saturday, September 24th, 12.50 p.m. Central Time. This is one half of your host, Clement O. And this is Kira B. Hey, y'all. Hey. It's been a long time. It really has been. As fault as that. We don't like to point fingers here. We like to identify solutions, and we've got a lot to talk about today. We do. The streets have been asking, have been begging for us to come in and say something about what is going on in this country right now. I say asking i feel like i've been getting aggressive text messages talking about when's the new episode demanding i see yeah it's been a different tone i I, we're open (laughs) to that you know feedback and stuff but you know Uh, give it with love you come with it with me man i feel you i feel your pain america you know i mean but it was summertime you know cats had to have their uh hot girl we had two years of pandemic we needed to be outside that's right that's right and 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 now we that's, were outside. We were outside. It's officially autumn. We're back inside and back to bring you the topics that you want to hear about, hopefully. Um, but before we get started, as always, what are you sipping on over there? It's just Prosecco for me today. I thought, well, we've been prepping for a minute. So I just thought hard liquor before noon is not good for my liver. I'm now, really I'm fine. not saying I don't. Like, mm-hmm. there will be French 75s later today. But mm-hmm. Well... It, I gotta start light so that I can make it through the rest of the day. I don't. I don't have those noontime. Uh, those noontime problems, as as we like to say, it's nine p.m. in Nigeria, oh. so I have <laughs> Lalo's. <laughs> Actually, nobody likes to say that. I just made that up. But <laughs> I have Lalo's, my favorite tequila. Holla at me, Lalo. Um, and uh, mixed with this prosecco, which I. I don't know where I was when I first had tequila and champagne together, but... It's a thing? It's not a bad thing. I, I saw you doing it. I wasn't going to say anything because yeah, I had never seen it done before. It's delicious. I try not to judge. That Lalo's goes down like water, so it's pretty much just drinking champagne is what it tastes like. Um, but, but like it, strong it, it feels champagne. It feels a lot different, though. Okay. <laughs> Ooh, my goodness. Let's Did get I, into it. Yeah. Let's start with our favorite comedian, Donald Trump. So I hope y'all been watching him. <laughs> I don't necessarily want to encourage anyone to go and like consume mm-hmm. content from his media network channel thing, but like the Hannity interview, mm. everyone should watch the Hannity interview because for a lot of you like sophisticated, educated, want to be taken seriously people to still stand beside this man <laughs> <laughs> after that. I think is like we really need to talk about why we're here, what we're doing, and for what purpose. But was that the moment though? I mean, there there are so many moments where it's like after that we can't, you know, and they still there. So so at this point it is what it is. But I think the two yeah. highlights of the interview, though the two clips that have been going around that have just had me cracking up. And mind you guys, for for those of you who don't like consume Hannity, he is a conservative pundit. This was a Fox interview. Oh God, everybody knows this is Hannity. friendly, yeah. right? Like this is friendly fire. But even mm-hmm. the interviewer I think was perplexed at times yeah. and asked for clarification. And tried to give the the former president a few Mm. opportunities to, like, change his answer, correct himself. (laughs) I thought it was, like, a really gentle, but, like, still Of course, it was, like, kid kid gloves, as he always does. But the two big um, things that he said were, one, that he could declassify anything he wanted as president of the United States, even by thinking about it. In the same way that Charles Xavier might do it. Yes, exactly. And then, two... (laughs) That, you know, people are saying that the only reason the FBI would be so voracious in the emails in this in this pursuit of, of the top secret classified documents that Trump took to Mar-a-Lago is uh, because they were looking for her emails, which somehow are with Trump, which doesn't make any sense. It doesn't because I don't think Hillary frequents Mar-a-Lago. Mm-hmm. So so I think this is with couched within the broader um, not even Melania frequents Mar-a-Lago. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> this is couched within the broader um, legal jeopardy that Trump is going through, right? It's Trumpism, though, right? Like, this mm-hmm. is the type of stuff that you expect him to say. You expect people to gloss over. But, like, his real concept of, like, protection of confidential 
top secret national security documents would be he can think about it the documents are declassified he can store them in the basement unsecured available to the public and like you guys should just remember that hillary sent emails on a private server and no one knows where the emails went okay let let me just uh, give give the people like a broader thing for for those who weren't follow, haven't been following the news. So as you know, Trump has been under in legal jeopardy um, for for quite a while, probably since the beginning before his presidency even started. But there are many different investigations that are going on right now. Yeah. One of which is um, the investigation into the top secret classified materials that he took from the White House illegally when he left the White House and took them down to Mar-a-Lago where he did not keep them in any sort of secure room um, and, uh, and 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 it got to and he and negotiated fact, the, the FBI was surveilling him too yeah, because they just, requested these documents no I'm just trying to I got the you. No, story I'm, of I'm the a, documents I was going to get there they yeah. asked for the documents yeah, he gonna, said he turned okay you I, tell yeah, the story yeah, I'm sorry so, so um uh, so right, so he took those documents down there. They he negotiated with the Department of Justice on, and and the there's actually an organization I forgot the records keeping organization I can't remember what it's called to sure. return those documents. It was like this long, you know, much more much more time afforded to him than any any of us would ever get. But this years long negotiation on whether or not to return the documents and how he would return them. He returned them. His lawyer signed an affidavit saying they've returned everything. And then they found that he did not through surveillance. They had a, a molar or whatever down there. Um, and then just through them, like looking at the inventory of the documents. So finally, they had to raid his home when he was not there and and recover many of the documents we're not even sure that they got them all back and now they're going through to see like what exactly was at risk and there's been a lot of hubbub about what was in there but i don't think anything's really been confirmed so i don't want to repeat those things right well not even hubbub right, right. so he filed a claim to have a special master come in because right. he thought some of these documents included mm -hmm. protected information meaning him and his attorney they were privileged they weren't for consumption for the federal government or anyone else. So they went to a judge. A judge said, sure. But the rest of the documents, the classified documents, should be aligned to this investigation, which is what I think you were going to say. This is the first, or this is one of like three or four active investigations into the former president. That's right. There's also the one in Georgia. Uh, we, we all remember the phone call uh, with him. I and, just um, need however many number 11, of votes. votes yeah. <laughs> yeah. Um, there's also investigation to his organization. Ah, um, I don't know that that's just an investigation anymore, right? Okay. Letitia James. Ah, she brought charges. Is that mm -hmm. is that the right word? So in civil court, she brought charges um, regarding how he inflates the value of his assets on certain forms in order to in order to. Um, get loans and then deflates this value of those same assets and for tax purposes and and the difference between the two numbers is like 50x right like it's it's, it's, it's astronomical it's astronomical it, amount. it amounts yes. to the level of fraud it's right fraud. exactly and i think for Which a is, lot of people they mm -hmm. want to say this is a victimless crime no one is hurt but the reality is and for those of you that have needed to go to a bank and ask for a loan like they act like these are limited resources right so mm -hmm. if someone's not getting the money someone else is Mm -hmm. Then that means that like a legitimate business, a legitimate nonprofit, mm -hmm. a legitimate person could not have gotten the funding that they needed for a legitimate initiative because mm -hmm. Trump is falsifying records, evidence, and even overvaluating, you know, some of his assets, which is scary. Mm -hmm. Considering in a Hannity interview, he said mm -hmm. <laughs> kind of the counter to it. So it's like this man's touch with reality is is slipping even more so mm -hmm. and i wonder as time goes on and he's no longer the president will he continue to benefit from like people not prosecuting him because he's sitting in office he's not anymore like he's yeah. a regular person yeah and like his crime should be prosecuted in the same way any other person's crime should be yeah i I think that's the big takeaway from all of this, right? There's also the January 6th investigation that we think the Justice Department is. I think they've maybe admitted that they're doing an investigation on that. I'm not sure. How do you not? But I know that obviously the Congress is doing that investigation and we had some riveting testimony from the from the summer. I implore you to go look up a, uh, a highlight reel because it's really some great stuff, mostly by other Republicans, right? Mostly by other Republicans. People who work for him, him too. That's right. Yeah. His appointees, etc. But I think that's the big takeaway from this and that is... 
This is proof positive. This is exhibit A in the long-standing uh, claim that liberals and, and especially minorities and, and economically disadvantaged people have made is that there's two different justice systems in this country. There's one for the elite, the wealthy, the well-off, especially white men, and there's one for everybody else. None of us would have been afforded the sorts of, the, the kind of leeway that Donald Trump has been afforded in in keeping docu uh, classified documents, taking them home to your home in Mar-a-Lago and holding on to them for a year. None of us been, would have been afforded that. Now he's a former president. Maybe he gets a little bit of something there. But none of us would have been afforded, if we committed the level of fraud that he's committed regarding his properties and, and lying to banks and lying to uh, appraisers. We would be under the jail. Yeah, we absolutely would be. Like, fraud is one of the things that people actually go to jail for. Like, Enron... The CEO of Enron blew his brains out because he was about to go to jail for decades for fraud. And that was that was a rich and powerful white guy. Like, fraud is the thing that they put people, like you said, under the jail for. And this man gets to pay a couple million. This is not the first time, by the way, he's been found guilty of fraud. You remember Trump University. You remember um, um, uh, the foundation, Trump yeah, Foundation. Yeah, nonprofit. And he gets... You know, a twenty million dollar fine or whatever, a slap on the wrist, and and he remains a free man. Never saw the man in handcuffs. Never had to walk. You know, had to do the walk of shame, and it's it's absolutely ridiculous. I wonder, and like maybe give me your early prediction. Is there anything that this man could do? I'm starting to believe him in his words that like he could shoot someone dead and walk away. Like I, I, I think that's true. I'm struggling to find a circumstance under which. He could be prosecuted for a crime, especially now that, like, if we get past the midterms, mm -hmm. um, you know, there's, like, legal thought and political norms that say you're not supposed to do certain things as it gets so close to elections. Yes. Like, if he decides he wants to run. Which he almost certainly will in order to just keep himself out of legal jeopardy, but go ahead. Yeah. Will he ever be held accountable for his crimes? I... I don't think he's going to be held accountable for his crimes more so because I think the people who would have to hold him to account are afraid of what would happen to them. They would almost definitely, the judge, the prosecutor, uh, anybody who had to vote on anything would almost definitely have to go into hiding. Oh. They would almost definitely receive death threats. They would almost definitely receive his paramilitary trumpet supporters out here coming, showing up to their house, showing up to their kids' schools. And I don't think most of these people are willing to go through that for something that were uh, for an outcome that is uncertain, where I don't think they think he will be held accountable. I, I, I think this man's going to walk free until he takes his last breath. And you think he'll be the Republican? Okay, so like, okay. maybe let's shift a little bit okay. as we think about the implications of Trump, right? Mm -hmm. We have a midterm coming up. Mm -hmm. There's a ton of issues that I think are relevant for most Americans. What are people like going into this election thinking about, talking about? For me, I probably lean way more left than the average person, but it's like the economy, sure. I want to see jobs, but there are a ton of jobs. And I was walking down one of my blocks yesterday and I saw like house under construction, house for rent. Like it does seem like things are still moving, even though like, Mm -hmm. There is a stifling economy. Interest rates are through the roof. Mm -hmm. It still feels like things are moving. So, like, we're not dead in the water. What do you personally care about? And then what do you think this election is going to represent? To be about, yeah. It's a good question. You know, it's always, like, the old axiom or idiom, uh, it's the economy, stupid, right? So it's always about the economy. The economy is in an interesting place because... People have received more wage growth than they've received. Like we're at forty-year highs in, in wage growth. That that's a plus. We're, we're at unemployment. Some people, right? Because we got to think about like well, professionals. But think about the minimum wage. Has they, that? They've received <laughs> more of a wage growth than, okay. than than the professionals. Yeah. So like all those people that now work for Amazon at fifteen dollars an hour at which is twice the minimum wage, right? Like so. It's all the job hoppers. It's so many of the frontline people. It's so you know. It, it's it's been a broad based uh, wage growth. 
We also have 40-year unemployment lows. So you would think between those two things that people would be really happy, but then we have the scourge of inflation, which has outpaced wage growth. And that's and then, you know, we had high gas prices for a while. Those are coming down, thankfully. And so I think I think the midterm will in large part be about the economy, but the Republicans seem to want to change the conversation to more immigration, to more their the this boogeyman of, of liberal Kirk City hits. crime. They're old hits. They're old hits, that's right. And I also think but I think on the Democratic side, in, in addition to the economy, this is really going to be about abortion and the, future, and the future of democracy. As and it so it's usually it's mostly about the economy. I think this time the economy is gonna be the, the economy will loom the le- the smallest that it has in several cycles because of those other issues that I just brought up. And those other issues, though, are huge, right? Like, yep. I think for... And let's take them one at by least, one. Yes. Yeah, abortion, right? Okay. At least, when was Roe passed? 60... 70-something? I thought it was for over 50 years. I was, was yeah, they've been saying 50 years. years. Yeah. That's I should 70s. know this. That's terrible. That, that's we'll 70s. put that in the in the comments. Um, that's still the seventies. Wait, fifty we years? Yeah. Damn. We old. Yeah. So right. <laughs> we're not. We years, weren't born in the seventies, by the way. Go we ahead. weren't. <laughs> but like, from all of my life, yeah. I've had the ability to have a discussion with my healthcare provider about what was best for my body and what I wanted to do as far as planning a family. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's crazy to me to think that my niece won't have that luxury, depending yeah. on where she lives in this country. Yeah. And I think that is a core like element of wealth. It's It dictates your ability to move about in the world, to pursue education, to pursue employment. Like having a child and, and how you build your family is very instrumental in how you think of, about your status and your wealth. So mm-hmm. like the fact that we have eliminated this option for nearly half of the country to me is a little bit mind-blowing mm-hmm. so it seems like it should be a huge issue it's frustrating to me though that i think some of our republican brothers and sisters want to run away from an issue that they strongly supported mm-hmm. for all of their political careers mm-hmm. and now that you got what you wanted you won't stand up and defend it to me you're a coward Mm. And you should lose your ability to represent your constituents mm. if you can't actually speak to the thing that you fought for coming into fruition and negatively impacting I don't know how many people, but like mm. you gotta own that. And the fact that they're running away from it makes me just like off top, off basis, just down balloted. <laughs> you know what I mean? Like down all y'all gotta go. It is and she's referring to the phenomenon of these Republicans now that they're up for general election contests scrubbing their previous anti-abortion stances now that they see that's so unpopular of course we'll remember the kansas referendum shout out to kansas doing the right thing yeah. and giving it to the people and letting the people decide the kansas referendum where 60 percent of the people came out for this midterm which is which unheard never, of uh, <laughs> unheard of uh, midterm primary 60 percent of the people came out to vote and say no we want to keep abortion as legal and safe and a right in our constitution um, if every single state did that, abortion would not be legal. But instead, old white men want to go into a room, build up, you know, some, I don't know, conglomerate of people that believe and think like them. And then they want to slide it through the back door and make it illegal mm-hmm. and punish doctors and punish women who could be raped or subject to, like, it's really disgusting. And at the end of the day, I'm not going to rant about it, but like, Hold your Republicans in your particular jurisdictions accountable for where they stood on this issue. Don't let them, don't let them hide from it. Don't let them not talk about it. They need to confront it, and that should be an issue for this midterm. Yeah, when I think about uh, the abortion issue, I think of two things. One, one, to your point, the personal aspect. I, I'm, you're hearing stories out of Texas now where. The chill has been so placed in the air over these doctors that they're afraid to do what should be routine procedures for women who are having complications in their pregnancy. You know, what should be routine miscarriages because those procedures are so similar, if not the exact same as what would a normal abortion procedure be. They're not willing to give women who are having complications in their pregnancy and who are at risk themselves that sort of routine care 
And, you know, I think about that in my own personal life. I think about that with my own wife and, and how that could affect our future um, uh, w- when we have kids, right? Like, does it make, you know, something we, we, we've thought about or, or, or think about is like, does it make sense to, uh, when she's pregnant, go to Colorado for, for six months or whatever, right? Kind just of, to make well, sure. Just think about uh, an OBGYN. Mm-hmm. If, if women's health is your specialty, do you come to a red state to practice? Well, and that's the other thing I was going to say about abortion. Something else, something that I've seen, and I care about this as a Texan who owns property in Texas, I the migratory patterns that we've seen over the last several years, I want to continue. I want more people coming. Come on in, Californians. Come on in, New Yorkers. But in conversations that I've had with former Texans who are now living in California, New York, who thought about coming because of uh, you know the cost of living and whatnot, I have... They've been reconsidering because and not coming left and right because of the politics, because of Abbott's crusade, his culture wars crusade. And it's not just abortion. It's also the gun issue and, and their constitutional carry nonsense. And it's also a number of other crazy, crazy bills that Abbott has, has passed. And, um, you know, that makes me kind of afraid of, you know, are we going to this this move toward a bifurcated U.S. where like it's red state versus blue state. I mean that's not the United States that I want to live in. And, and then and then it, uh, along those same lines, it used to be you know I I, re- I subscribe to local publications. It used to be once a week, like literally once a week, there would be an announcement of a corporate uh, headquarters reload okay. to yeah. somewhere in Texas, mostly DFW, but often Houston and sometimes Austin. That has dried out. The trend should not that continue. That has dried up. Like, yeah. Well, because those and corporations you, have to eat expenses for their employees who it's find not even conflict that. with some of the issues. It's not even that. I mean, what's a flight for these guys? Like, they don't care. Like, they don't that's, care. It's not the expenses. It's the employees. Because yeah. the employees are saying, no, I'm not going to Texas. There. Yeah. I'm in Illinois. I'm in New York. I'm a woman. I have my rights. My children have their rights here. Like, and if I move to Texas, they yeah. don't. I'll say in this purple state. I'll say in this blue state. Yeah. I'm good on these I'm crazies. Good. Yeah. Uh, so, so it makes you question the service that you're getting. I get it. Like, I'm from Denver. And, like, I don't know that I would love to go through labor or carry a child in the state of Texas. That's neither here nor there. But I do think women's rights. Mm-hmm. LGBTQ rights because yeah. they're coming for that next. We saw all the stuff around trans laws. Thank goodness they got an injunction and said that like the Texas mm-hmm. <laughs> um, investigators could no longer kind of continue to interfere with the treatment of trans children if it was I don't know oversawn yeah. by a, a medical professional. Mm-hmm. But like those things matter. I think mm-hmm. for at least some sliver of the electorate. Yeah. Some what about climate? What about the environment? Is that? Do people think well, about that when they go into yeah, the, the, yeah, the, uh, They should. I was going to say the Inflation <laughs> Reduction Act, which we'll get into. The Inflation Reduction Act was basically a climate bill, but let's table that till we get to that thing. You let's talk about immigration instead. Okay, we can talk yeah, about okay. immigration. <laughs> yeah. That should be on there. Yeah. It, does immigration affect your day to day life? How many it people in America mine. would you guess like Except, immigration is a big issue for them? I mean, everyone who needs a nanny and, you know, that kind of thing. That was a little stereotypical, but okay. I mean, yeah, it is, but it's also true. So, <laughs> well, <laughs> like, it's what it is, right? Like <laughs> Most people who benefit from the stratified economy that we yeah. live in, right? Yeah. And, like, there are service providers and there are currently gaps in your ability to get certain services it's- because a lot of people don't want the uh-huh. lower income paying jobs. Yeah. Well, I'll, let me let me take a step back because I stepped okay. in it a little bit there, and, and everybody's probably like, you know, this guy, you know, yeah, writing at, like getting their Twitter fingers ready for me. But but it's no secret that right now in our economy we have a shortage of of workforce, right? We have a shortage of labor, and we know that under the Trump administration, he stopped the visa lottery and he basically shut off the borders. If he didn't do it legally, then he like created a chill where many more people are not coming, and we see it in. Uh, undergraduate enrollment we see it in graduate school enrollment the number of international students has plummeted and then we see it also with non-asylum seeking people who are crossing the border and so to the extent that you are an owner of a business or in need of services of you know quote-unquote cheap labor 
th- th- that is difficult to find right now. And so that does impact the economy. That doesn't affect me directly, but it could if I were a restaurant or a bar owner. It could if I were a, a, a parent who, who needed who needed who needed help. And it's not a derogatory thing. I myself am a child of immigrants, and immigrants who come here um, are underdogs in the economy. They come, they take the the, the jobs that they can get. They're necessary jobs, they're jobs with dignity, and oftentimes they themselves or their children work their way up to achieve the American dream. That is the story of America and it has been that way for over 200 years. So when I say, you know, I flippantly said, you know, I don't need a nanny or whatever right now, but at the end of the day, like all the 90s I'm aware of are all immigrants. I'm sorry to say, but this is, this is just the case, right? And I'm aware of many of them and they're all immigrants. And it's totally fine. Like that. That's the way things have been here. It's the way things are in a lot of parts of the world. And it's totally fine because that's necessary and very incredibly valuable work. And that's something that people need, you know, and there's a need in the economy that's not being filled. And 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 beyond that, you know, what we've, what we've seen from Republican governors recently, uh, for those of you who are not aware, are these political stunts, these political maneuvers just where, um, uh, so just a little background, Governor Greg Abbott. Uh, has been talking about you know this this issue at the border. We've had we've we're having record numbers of encounters with people at the border. Like that's that's also a fact. And so because Washington, in his view, Washington is not doing enough to stop it. He, he has taken loaded to up buses. loading up buses and sending immigrants to sanctuary cities. So he started with DC first. So meant so I think ten thousand up to DC that they had to. He, they tried to declare a state of emergency or and get the National Guard, but the National Guard rejected it. Yeah, this wasn't a one-time stunt. Right. He sent multiple buses, I want to yeah. say over 20 to D.C. over the course of It was 10,000. Yeah. yeah, it was 10,000 yeah. people to D.C., not buses. Uh, 10,000 people. Then he started sending to New York, and then recent, mostly... He invited his good buddy, Ron, from Florida. Well, not yet, though. Uh, oh, we're not going to go there Then yet. to Chicago. Okay. I don't know if he invited Ron. I doubt it because they're going to be surely going head another to head. governor couldn't but, have come to this. But state. then Ron, Ron DeSantis, with his next level of assholishness for no reason, like no, it's one of those. It's like the meme where it's like nobody, and then Ron DeSantis, like out of oh, nowhere, out of nowhere, shows up in Texas. Yeah, so he sends it, like, people to San Antonio to get people on a plane to and tell them they're going to Boston, and then sends them to Martha's Vineyard in off-peak season when they actually don't need the labor, right? And it's just like, huh? Like, I mean, for no reason. It worked out, though. The people were treated really well. Yep, go ahead. Um, so but there is some question, though, mm-hmm. around what the was told. And the trafficking. Yeah, and like, what yeah. was told to someone. Yeah. Because, really, you shouldn't move someone from one state to another. Without them knowing where they're going. And if you do tell them where they're going, there should be a legitimate purpose. And it shouldn't be the purpose that, like, you can't hide that. Yeah. That's kidnapping but, but, but what do you think about it because what i've seen is on the left i've seen a bit of a liberal freak out here that this is inhumane i see people comparing it to when i, I guess it's disingenuous that when southern states were like busing black people up north uh in in the reverse or in the in in the 20s maybe um so i've been seeing that on the left i'm wondering how you perceive that this whole these I think antics. it's a stunt that I want people to look deeper into which is yes immigration is a huge issue well I think it's an issue for people who live in border states and actually have contact but also understand that like there are opportunities for us to do the right thing right a lot of these people are seeking asylum meaning they're running from something that is abominable that would shock the conscience that is worthy of sanction and protection and and like running away from so mm-hmm. the fact that we would take advantage of these people to try and prove a political point i think is abhorrent but like mm-hmm. the people in massachusetts were really good to them i heard mm-hmm. which mm-hmm. i love which is like you did this whole thing you yeah. made this whole stunt to try and own the libs yeah and the own like they Michelle the Obama G. turned out, yeah, yeah. Like yeah. they they went higher and they did yeah. the right thing. That's right. Yeah, some of us are annoyed because I would be annoyed. Like, yeah. But I think there are a couple of cases where it it didn't blow up on them, right? Like, yeah. I think it would be difficult and it would be more frustrating if a ton of these immigrants like have families in Texas and then you took them to the other yeah. side of the country. Yeah. But I think a lot of these people were from other places like South America and Venezuela yeah. and didn't right. have direct roots. Yep. So they were fine because I think they were promised work if they yeah. got on the plane or got on the bus. Yeah. And like if to me, mm-hmm. those are the people that should be the standard. Folks mm-hmm. who 
believe in the American dream. They yeah. think they can come here and, and make an opportunity for themselves and provide opportunity for their family. Mm-hmm. Come here. Please do do that because mm-hmm. I got lucky. Y'all should understand that it's a lottery. You don't yeah. get to choose where you're born That's in the right. world. That's right. You don't get to choose the skin that you're in. Maybe I didn't get lucky it, mm. because I'm a woman and apparently we're second class citizens in this country. But... I'm here, right? So, like, I still want to be involved. I still want to be compassionate. But I also want to be involved in this conversation that says these are people of dignity. They don't deserve to be taken advantage of. And that's the piece that rubs me the wrong way. It's like you use them as a pawn. This isn't chess. Yeah. These are actually people and it's their lives. I think it was, it worked out well. Yeah. But I think the intent of it was still nasty and evil. Yeah. I, I, I'm really happy to hear you say that. I got into a big argument in in one of my politics groups and people were basically, you know, they they talked about slavery mindset of Governor Abbott. They talked about, you know, they basically painted it as a crime against humanity. And And I've seen similar sort of sentiments on MSNBC. And I don't see it that way at all. Uh, and I think I see it so differently from whatever happened in the South in the 20s. I see it so differently from slavery, certainly. Um, these are people that were in transit. These were people that on land made their way from Venezuela, made their way from Cuba, made their way from Haiti, obviously not on land, uh, made their way from all of these terrible places. They were already in transit. And I'm certain they never expected to stay in Laredo for the next three years or stay in the Brownsville or wherever they showed up across the border, right? They, I'm sure, wanted to be sent, if, if they could be sent with a free bus ticket to wherever there might be, where they're not, uh, there's not a saturation or a concentration of other asylum seekers, where they could go find work, where they could go find labor, I'm sure they'd be, they were happy to take it. And in many of the cases, at least, I know that they were told where they were going, and they voluntarily got on that bus, and the New York Times profiled one gentleman who now is you know saving for a car and able to send money home and so you know so the act itself i don't think is the worst thing in the world i do think the intentions of the governor uh, of the governors was um you know certainly abhorrent i think is the proper term but if you think about it what these governors did they did more to encourage more of this migration than anything any Democrat I know. Ever did. That's what I was like. But Abbott, you shot yourself in the foot. The whole That's thing right. you're trying to say this is a huge problem and, and it's flooding us. What you've done now is created a system for the problem to not only continue but to explode. Yeah, that's right. Because right. someone's going to hear the story of the gentleman on the New York Times. That's and be right. Like, that could He's be me. Currently, telling all his friends, "Come on up." Yeah, I got a free they're flight ride to Nantucket. They're not gonna make you stay in Texas. I can't even get. I can't even get a free flight ride to. I can't get a paid plane ride to Martha's Vineyard. Vineyard. My right. goodness, can I see it, please? At some point in my lifetime, I can only hope. I'm sorry. I mean, I know we're being flippant about it a bit, but it's but it's it's yeah. true, right? And, well, yeah. to me, it begs the question that mm-hmm. like sensible leadership to me would see this problem. Now, Abbott and DeSantis are making, like, they're using it to to, to culture own the libs and yeah. trying to, like, play into the culture politics. But the reality is, like, real leaders, they, they present problems to solutions. They don't just identify, like, bad things. Like, you and I can do that. But, like, they want us to vote them in office, the highest mm-hmm. offices, right? Yeah. They want to be executives. Mr. Abbott, I don't think you're fit to lead Texas. I, I I want someone who's actually capable of developing ideas, not just to own the libs, but actually to use Texas tax dollars, which they don't really take out of my income, but they get it in other places. Um, <laughs> they take out of like, property tax. Right, they hit you over the head with the property yeah. tax. But like, I want a leader who's like, a little bit more thoughtful. He's like doing things out of malice and spite and not yeah. like for a greater vision for the state. When is the last time Republicans... Check out Beto, though. When is the last time Republicans were thoughtful? The last thought they had was Obamacare, and then they disowned that as soon as President Blackman tried to implement it. Like, name the Republican policy. I'll wait. They only have one. Lower taxes. Yeah. They well, only have one. And for y'all, like, it's really important. Make sure you register, right? The and midterms, start wars in the wrong country. The midterms Sorry. aren't frequent, right? That We have a, a practice of, like, taking this election off and I don't think we should because we actually have an opportunity to really do something meaningful if we can get a sizable majority in the Senate we can really talk about things like why they're 
the number of justices that currently sit in the Supreme Court and is that effective? Mm -hmm. And do we want that to stay the same? We can actually have real policy debates. Right Mm -hmm. now, we're doing identity politics. We're not talking about issues. We're talking about if you stand with these people, then you must think this thing. So then I don't care what comes out of your mouth. I have to go against you because you're not on my tribe. To me, that's not effective and that's not going to push us forward as a country. I think we should be looking to people who want to have discussions about the issues, who want to have like spirited debates. And I'm even happy to like raise your voice, point to some evidence, give me some data, prove me wrong. Reasonable people, intelligent people, they're responsive to facts. They're not going to just say, okay, ignore that fact because it doesn't support my argument. Like some people will. Like, look for those people when you go into the voting booth. Look for people who have solutions to the problems that are impacting your life and not to the people who want to ship them out and, like, make a scene and, like, all the wahala. Save it, right? Mm -hmm. I want peace in my life. Did you want to say wahala? Yeah. I love it. But that's your term, so I didn't want to. No, take it. We love it. Like, Y'all love it. I'm not not that person, so I didn't want to appropriate. No, don't. No, 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 no. That's, That's something you guys... You know, that's 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 a, a progressive thing. Thing. <laughs> Yeah, that's the thing. Like, <laughs> the rest of us don't care about that. We yes, spread the culture. Go go to a burner board concert while you're at it. Fantastic concert, by the way. He's on a world tour right now. Fantastic concert. Um, let's let's rapid fire through some of these races real quick. Stacy and Kemp, who wins? Please, Stacy. Please. All right, let's please. Georgia, I please, we believe in y'all. I, I believe know. in y'all. Brian is not what you want. I really hope so, but I don't. I'm, I don't. I mean, I feel like Stacy might. Don't have, George. Who saved us? Georgia did. No. Okay. I I think she can definitely win. She she should have won the first time. I hope she wins. I don't. You know, it's hard, especially as a woman. Like the likability factor. I think it's just hard. I don't know how other people view her is my question. She's worked so hard. Do you know she how has. many people she's gotten in Georgia registered oh, to vote? Oh, I know. It's it's phenomenal. Um, it's phenomenal. Uh, what about same state, uh, Walker and Warnock? Well, look, y'all know what CTE Herschel is. Herschel Walker, by the way. Y'all know what CTE is. That man played <laughs> NFL football. I mean, Raphael has been like, look, y'all are Bible thumpers on the yeah, right. Exactly. Y'all love God. Exactly. Vote for the Reverend. I, I I mean, hopefully he wins. He won the first time. Is that time even I, a... It's so weird, but Walker's pulling ahead. I mean, I know we don't trust polls anymore, but damn. I just don't understand how Herschel Walker... I mean, here's the thing. Here's what I think is happening. Everybody knows Herschel Walker's name, the name recognition, and I don't know how many people watch the news like we do. You Wait, know what I'm saying? They haven't heard him speak and they'd vote for him? That's the... What? That, you know, this is America, man. <laughs> it's, a, it's the culture of celebrity. It's the culture That's of celebrity. That's scary, dog. It is. It's Y'all should scary. listen to Herschel Walker. He's a little backwards. And I by mean, a little, I mean a lot. all the way. And a hypocrite. Didn't he? How many kids did he have floating out around here? And he was talking... You know. So, anyway. Um, Fetterman versus Oz. Dr. Oz. Wait, is that... Was that, that the one I wanted you to fact primary? check? Yeah, well, yeah, yeah. Because Oz was against this other actual guy who lived in Pennsylvania. Yeah. Dr. Oz doesn't technically he, live in Pennsylvania. Did he already lose Dr. Oz? I thought he did. I think he did, yeah. That's the one okay. I want you to fact check. Sorry about that. Yeah, well, we'll skip over that. And um, I don't know anything about Mandela versus Johnson. Not Mandela bars Ron Johnson. Oh, okay. So look, y'all. Oh, I know Ron Johnson. Please, Crazy. Wisconsin. This is an opportunity to turn things for the better yeah. of like... Not just the country, the world. Because Ron Johnson is a plague on humanity. He is. And he's an election denier. Listen, all election deniers, all these people, these are, first of all, these are treasonous people. Like, let's call this what it is. This is not a difference of opinion. All of these people who are denying the results of a free and fair election are treasonous people. All of these people who are supporting the traitor Donald Trump. All these people who are supporting the coup that he is still trying to enact to this very day on September 24th that I speak to you. Anybody who supports that is a traitor to the United States of America and its constitution. Point blank, period. Let's not sugarcoat this anymore and try to both sides this nonsense. Ron Johnson is a Trumper Sorry. supporter. Yeah, he's that, one of those people. Yeah, it gets Clement. Robert. I stayed. I stayed off. The, I stayed off my soapbox until. But you know, it, it's been a long time. But look, y'all, Mandela, <laughs> do something for us. Okay, but look, I'm for Mandela just for the name. Look, so and also here him. in is the he state of Texas, guy? is he a black guy? He's black. There you go, yeah. Mandela. Well, my people. How many 
non-black people would name <laughs> their child good, Mandela. That's a good point. I don't think in the history of the world oh, it's ever happened. <laughs> but if there's a white Mandela out there, y'all please find me on like the social media Let's, and we send need to me have his him on pictures. the show. Yeah, please. Let's get him on. <laughs> Even uh, Spanish. Then, I take a Spanish Mandela. Like yeah. I just am curious to see how maybe the legacy a, maybe, has maybe influenced I'm other cultures. Mandela and then um, <laughs> but look, y'all. If y'all are in Texas, Beto versus, please do register because. Hold on, we gotta go Beto versus Abbott. I know that's what I'm saying. Okay, I'm, okay. I'm encouraging people okay. to register so that come November, yeah, we can do the right thing. We'll try, but. But apparently, like Abbott is a, he's leading in the polls. He's leading let's leading, not yeah. let's not. The polls are liars. Well, the polls are liars. So I'm not hinging on that. I'm still gonna vote. But my big thing is. I think, I already talked about it earlier, I think Abbott has successfully stemmed the flow, whatever blue flow was coming to this state, I think he's successfully like put buff, a stop to yeah. that. Yes. And so I think they've probably bought themselves another election cycle of keeping Texas red. But the pandemic did as well, though, and I Just think a lot of you folks out there from California, Colorado, Las Vegas, what's another? Come stay at my house. Just... You know, claim res. Actually, don't do that. We're not okay, doing voter yeah, fraud. Okay, yeah, we're not doing voter fraud. But like a lot of you transplants, like us, well, like me, a lot of mm-hmm. you Texas transplants, now's the time to do your service, right? Yeah. Show up, definitely, vote, and, definitely. and and think about who you want to vote yeah. for because some guys using your your property, state taxes, and and yeah. sales taxes, and using it to like inspect avocados at the border, or like question parents about the mental health treatment that they're providing their children. Yeah, that kind of stuff to me doesn't even feel like. I thought they were the freedom party. I thought yeah. they wanted people to it's live their point. lives. They feel like they're in my bedroom. Yeah. Yeah. And guac is really expensive these days. Um, what? <laughs> the avocado inspections, man. It's crazy out here. Um, so, uh, <laughs> let, let's, let's, let's switch. So this is on the midterm topic, but it's a little bit of a departure from it. Let's talk about, let's talk about, let, can I talk about, let me wax poetic He's a, a little bit. It's not going to be a rant. I just want to talk about how Joe Biden might be the most effective president we've seen in our lifetime. Wait, time out though. Can you say were you a, a, a Joe Biden fan like during the Absolutely not. Okay. He was number this 6 on my than... list. Now, <laughs> I did think that I think I think 2012 Joe Biden was the person that we needed in 2020. We needed somebody to take down Trump and I think that was the priority. I personally love Swalwell. I I grew to like Pete Buttigieg. I was a Elizabeth Warren stan. But I knew, I know why the people of South Carolina did what they did, and that was, we need the guy who can take down Trump. He's an existential threat. I agreed with them, and so I'm fine with, I was fine with Biden getting in. I just was not excited or, or particularly happy about it, right? I really wanted now, one, one of those other people. But now, the way this man is maneuvering, old Sleepy Joe done woke up. Talk yourself, Joe. Old Sleepy Joe done woke up. Look, the first year... He, he did the infrastructure bill. We all, we all clapped. And then we had crazy inflation. Then we had crazy housing prices. Then we had all of these maladies. The war in Ukraine. We had all of these maladies come up. And it felt like Joe wasn't really doing anything. And then all of a sudden, like the man, like the man woke up from his slumber. And he said, oh, wait. I've been I've been in this game for fifty years. Y'all just y'all just adopted this game. I was, I was born, born in it and molded by it. <laughs> Your boy been doing this for fifty years, more than most of y'all been alive. Watch me do what I do. He been working. This man went and got the Inflation Reduction Act passed. One of the one of the biggest, in fact, the biggest and most significant piece of climate legislation we have ever seen. He, this man went and got you $10,000 towards your student loans for most of y'all. Or 20. And 20 for those who receive Pell Grants, which is most of them. Yeah. Which is a huge boom for black people. I know we, we black people are always talking about how they never do nothing for us. That's a lot to millions stati- of people. Look at the statistics of the people who are going to benefit from this. Yeah. I, if I'm not mistaken, it's more than half of the people who are going to benefit this are black. And most of them are black women, by the way. The same people who put Joe Biden in office. $20,000, which cuts in, um, gosh, it, uh, I should have got my stats ready for this, but it's, a, it's for, for very many people, that's all of their student loan debt. So a lot of people are being taken out of student loan debt due to this. And remember, before those of you who say, 
oh, we're just subsidizing the people who are most able to afford, you know, afford uh, mm -hmm. uh, to pay their loans. No, most of the people who are in this situation were one hit by for-profit predatory predatory lending colleges and the ITT techs and DeVries of the world, or two didn't finish school, so they have all the debt of school but no degree to match. And they're and they're forced to be out in the world and fend for themselves. Or but, they did finish school. Yeah. And they use, and they just you know they're, and they're doing a non work, or, or, or right? They're or they're or teaching. A social worker. Or they make less than. That's right. Many many other people. And so, at, at, anyway, so he got that done. We got some gun legislation done. I mean, I know it wasn't much, but damn it, you had to get ten Republicans to do it, and he did it. Yeah, he wasn't gonna let all them babies get killed and not do nothing. And then finally, the war in Ukraine. I mean, this is a, this is a war that to Ukraine. They do we expected, <laughs> you know, even our own Joint Chiefs said Russia would overrun Ukraine in a matter of Weeks. three weeks. Yeah. Here we are six months later and Joe Biden has been trying to do an impromptu draft. And, you know, <laughs> has been sending weapons and all kinds of intelligence. And now Putin is on his heels. This guy's panicking over here. He has he's had to do his own draft. He has to go threaten nukes. You got China and India saying, uh, we you know, we will yeah, yeah. for you, but I, I don't really know you like that. You know what I'm saying? It was like, good yesterday, but today, bro. Yeah, exactly. And you can't tell me that's not Biden working behind the scenes. This man, these leaders, king, king, whatever of, of Saudi Arabia, all these guys, like, don't don't be fooled by the tough the tough talk of she and and MBS and all these guys. They have to do what they have to do to save face for their own people. But behind the scenes is where Joe is working, and and you see the fruits by what they're doing, not what they're saying. And you see India, and you see China, see India. Prime Minister Modi saying now is not the time for war. <laughs> You see China saying, I have some concerns about... I got to think about it. Let yeah, me, they're yeah. still buying Russian oil. Sure, sure enough, they're not sending any weapons to Russia, like right. the U.S. is sending to Ukraine. And so, um, Ukraine just took back another region in, in their own country back. So, this man right here is on the move. And, and probably my favorite thing that he did was this speech that he gave a week or two ago. I'm going to call him by their name. When he, thank you. When he finally said what I have been saying, I'm not saying he listens to the show and got the idea from me, <laughs> but he finally said what I've been saying. These people are traitors to the United States of America, and he needed to say it and say it as it is, and that is what it is. It is what it is. It's not, it's not, Biden didn't make them traitors. They made themselves traitors, and Biden, instead of trying to be friendly and, oh, the maybe we can reason, and nah, the yeah, all that. No. These guys are the biggest threat the U.S. has seen in its history. And if you enjoy all the freedoms that you've been able to, you and your ancestors have been able to, to realize over the last several decades and last several hundred years, then you have a vested interest in this Constitution like remaining intact and, and for your vote mattering. Because trust and believe, if these Arizona Republicans and these MAGAs and these traitors get, uh, can overturn that, there's nothing that they cannot overturn. I yield the floor. Wow. Okay. So that was a Clement rant on the success of Joe. But like, no, he's right. Like you think about usually this midterm is based largely on what the president has done, not the Congress and not everyone else and not the state of the the president. Joe been working. So if we're if. If it's going to be a referendum on what he's done, I think Dems need to show out. And mm -hmm. I'm hopeful. So if, like, we had to hedge on there being a high, I think, astronomical record number turnout this year. Women are going to be scared. My brothers, yeah. my, my, <laughs> my LGBTQ+, plus, like, uh -huh. like, nobody's safe. And I think seeing Roe go down made us all a little weary of like oh they're tripping and now you want to come after my vote my vote doesn't matter to you mm -hmm. let me show you how much my vote does matter mm -hmm. and I hope that like the young people who maybe didn't appreciate that like ancestors died got hosed got beat got mm -hmm. lynched for our right to show up yeah. show up this year yeah. and, and that's my prediction is like we're going to show up we're going to show up in record numbers yeah Beto gonna win. Stacey gonna win. Okay. I think we keep the Senate. I think we edge out one person. 
Okay. I think we edge out one person. I got you. I got you. I'm with you. I'm not fully there on like abolishing the filibuster and like no, taking advantage. They'll never of, do it. Yeah, like I don't. And think they shouldn't because it'd make it too crazy. Yeah, mm-hmm. but I I think we surprised some people this year, and I don't want to mm-hmm. be cautiously optimistic. I want to be hopefully optimistic, and that people realize that one person, right? The thing that we should talk about too mm-hmm. is like. America was established for a very different reason. You could come here and you could make out of yourself what you want it to be and mm-hmm. what you work to be. Yeah. There's some other places in the world you're just born into some situation. That's right. That's right. right. You're born into a monarchy and you just got to die as a monarch. You live as a monarch. You yeah. die as a monarch. That's your story. Here. Or you're born into a caste. You're born into a caste. Mm-hmm. You work hard in that caste. You die in that and, caste. Yep. That's not America's story. That's not the American dream. The American dream is... You come here and you do what you want. Yeah. Period. You rise and fall on your based on your own efforts. Period. And luck and everything else. Luck, a little luck, a little yeah. a little hard work, a little yeah. determination, right? A little help from your friends. And yeah. and those are gonna be the people who show out in record numbers saying, Nah, you you're not taking nothing yeah. from me. My my voice matters, my vote matters. Yeah. Cause there are other people on the conservative side that wanna weigh the value of your vote. They wanna have carbalage, they wanna they want to approve, right? They want to. They want to serve as a, a stopping gap to say whether or not it's legitimate. Mm. Don't be supportive of those people, and don't be afraid to show up to the polls because you'd be surprised what one individual vote can do. Absolutely, amen to that. Um, one last thing before we go into our content review: the queen died. She did. I don't know her though. <laughs> Me and Clement differ on this. Like no, he was, we actually don't differ, but go ahead, go with your view. So, like when we were putting together our outline, it was like the Queen is dead. Clement's mourning, and Kira's trying to figure it out. Like Not I don't. Go ahead. I just know the colonial history, and I know okay. like in the Caribbean, I was confused. Like when I went there, like uh-huh. really. Okay. Well, like how she was on the money and stuff? Well, no, nah, I'm or? not confused. I know, I'm very familiar with the transatlantic slave yeah. trade. My people were like, we from Shreveport, we came from that. We know what that is about. Mm-hmm. But like an affection for the oh, woman yeah. Who, yeah, yeah. who colonized you is weird to me. I mean, she didn't colonize them. She was She didn't, she but her people, people it. Yeah, did. her people, yeah. But she you, is you. the symbol, right? Because yes, that's the piece, is. right? It's like this symbolic form yes. of old England. And like... I'm American through and through, so I don't look to or subscribe to any form of monarchy (laughs) as, like, some affectionate thing that did something for me. I'm like, that's cute. That's history. That's cute. But I I, I wasn't sad, and I was confused why it took so long. And then I was, (laughs) why are they all over the place? They in Scotland. Now they're here. Oh, man. Is she actually in the box? Yeah. Why are they waiting out? Like, David Beckham. His fine self didn't need to be outside for that long, but I don't know. It was like 24 hours he waited. I don't know. He couldn't get somebody to stand in line for him and then just... He could have stayed at my house while he was... Just cutting for the He's married. That's somebody's husband. I just... I'm confused. (laughs) So, like, it happened. It was a thing that happened. And I, like, wanted to move on. And then I... Somehow, in a group chat, Clement's post... He had a post on social media. Like... Thanking the queen or something, and I was confused. Like, not my Clement, not yeah. this Clement that I am on the podcast so, with. That was an inartful post that I'd, I'd like to clarify. <laughs> it's so funny. So my big, so, gosh, I have so much to yeah, say on this. It. So let me just clean it yeah, up. Yeah, let me clean it up a little bit. So my post, I don't remember exactly the verbiage. It was something about like I, re- I respect the queen, you know, and and because you know, it, it was very, it was very bad, very poor taste. But it was like I respect the queen, and like because of her, like you know, I can like communicate with half the world and travel with ease. And so like you know, whatever you know, like long you know, R.I.P. R.I.P. to the queen. And I really do mean R.I.P. Like I don't want wish. The, ill on anybody who passes it's definitely not a tragedy anybody who dies that old and who has plenty she of lived kids, a very like, full life yeah, absolutely like i'm there's nothing to be sad about let so let's get that straight there's nothing to mourn except for for the british people which i'll get to in a second but i think my my um instinct is always to like try to see the positive out of negatives like to always like see the good <laughs> the good no i'm serious it okay is. it is and so when i think about colonialism which i've thought a lot about and spoken a lot about in in the past um, when I think about colonialism, I try to think about the good that came from it, right? So, like, 
it itself was a horrible thing that was like a whole bunch of exploitation, a whole lot of there were genocides that took place that we don't ever talk about in Kenya, for example. Um, there are all sorts of negative things that came from colonialism, but there are a lot of positive things that come from globalization. And I think colonialism is like a um, precursor to that in some ways, right? Like, so, um, so okay, so I'll, I'll, let me say it this way. Capitalism has like risen more people out of poverty than like any other force, right? Like I any other it. like yeah. singular system and force. Capitalism really starts with like the British Industrial Revolution in like the in the late 1800s. That British Industrial Revolution does not happen without colonialism because they were extracting goods and resources and wealth from all over the world and bringing into the Britain into Britain and then making them into finished goods and then putting them out and they're making all the profit right and all this stuff. So there was all kinds of negativity that came with that. But in the today, you just talked about you being lucky born, being born here, right? But how your people got here was not lucky. It, was not they suffered like unlucky. hell to get here. Indeed. But now there are I'm opportunities that exactly. Yeah. So that's all I really meant by by that post, and it was just terrible. That's all. Um, and, and plus, my wife is from Cameroon, and like we speak the same language. So I was like, hey, look, yeah, that wouldn't have happened without without her people. That's one. Two. Um, the other reason I have any affection for the queen is because I worked for a British company for the prior three years, not anymore, and so. I understand what she and the monarchy means to their national identity, right? So you have to think about you have to think about the UK. The UK, not too long ago, dominated half the world. They were, you know, this tiny island was like the the world power, and um, but how and, did they dominate the rest of the world? I mean, that empire. So, but but how like what like, do you mean? What are the 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 re- what are the things that came out of England that allowed them? To dominate their navy. Africa, <laughs> their navy. Right? Well, it was brutality. Brutality. Little, right? That's what I'm saying. Yeah. So, like, navy, to yeah. me, we're praising them because. Hold on, I'm not going to praise okay. them yet. I'm just going to say that like, that that was a fact of life. And by the way, when you go to Nigeria, when you go to Kenya, and you talk to my parents' generation, they don't have a negative view of of the Brits, right? So while these atrocities did happen, there were a lot of good things they were doing there. There were a lot of good things that the church brought by way of hospitals, by schools, and then infrastructure, right? So it's not. You don't, you don't go to some former colonies and, and it's not all negativity. But let me, let, me, let me just move. And so for me, you know, the people that I know in the UK, a diverse set of people, Im- many of them immigrants from other parts of the world, the way our national identity is tied up into, you know, picking yourself up by your bootstraps and, 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 and capitalism and, and all these things that we think of American... A big part of the national identity is tied up in that empire, is tied up in that monarchy, and what they have seen in their lifetimes is the decline of that. So they've only ever known like the decline of their country. It'd be like us if we were like losing states to Mexico and shit, and, that would and be then crazy. like yeah. our our economy shrinking, right? So like for them, the queen and the monarchy is like that last vestige of our former greatness as we recede into being like just another country, and and so. I feel f- like I empathize maybe or sympathize with their mourning. You know what I'm saying? So like I'm not I'm not going to be the one that's like, you know, saying all these neg- putting all these negative stuff on the queen because I'm just not going to do that. And also like the queen didn't colonize anybody. If anything, she like presided over the quote unquote freeing of of most of these colonies, right? Like they all so many most of these colonies got their independence under her reign and she didn't like try to stop them, even though she didn't have power to stop them or not, because she's yeah. a freaking figurehead. She's a figurehead. <laughs> I guess my whole thing was she's dead. Dang, she reigned for a long time. I, I was wondering why I she hadn't died earlier. So, yeah, I feel you. Well, I feel like, uh, yeah, and even yeah. like, why didn't you give your son a, a little look while he actually has some muster in him? You really need yeah, to sit on the throne right? for that He's long? So old, I'm not judging anybody. She's gone. She's yeah. dead. Clement was sad about it. I didn't understand <laughs> I why. I sad about it. No, it's just, you know, I'm, I wasn't happy about it. And I, the, I think my only feeling really came from the fact that, like, I have so many British friends and colleagues. That's all. If I didn't work for that company, I probably would have felt like Kira and moved on. Because it's not, it's not, a, it's not a tragedy for somebody in their nineties to die. It's just not right. She not lived a very full life. F- very full life. You know, you know. I'm sure. And again, I want to clarify because, like, <laughs> I have British colleagues too. Mm-hmm. I work for an international company. Okay. I don't want. I don't have any ill wills for the Queen. I just was. 
I was surprised to hear about your morning. I'll just say that part. I was surprised when any American was like, I spent five oh, hours watching man. the funeral procession. Hey, not, not, like, that's five hours. You're not going to get back. You know that, right? I, first of all, I didn't watch none of that. Second of all, not all of us were born woke. I'm sorry. I, I, I'm old enough to remember when there was no internet, and so the queen was a big deal. It's only y'all Wokies who were who were who were digital natives who always had TikTok to tell you the truth about slavery and brutality and all that. We didn't know that stuff growing up. All we knew was the propaganda they gave us and the propaganda they gave us like made the queen a big deal until she That's killed That's the Diana. propaganda they until gave y'all. But I'm American, so like, I... Oh, y'all, I was an American too. I'm talking about American propaganda. But we I don't think... about the royal family. Like, we thought that they magazine. were a spectacle in the same yeah. way we think the Kardashians are a spectacle, okay. but we don't like... Yeah, we have mean, affection for them. Fine. We're entertained by them. We have a little affection for Kim Kardashian. If she died today, people would. Okay, let me. They would what? <laughs> yeah, they would. Maybe nothing. They would what? Maybe nothing. Ah, uh, maybe nothing. You're right. I mean, they we, we maybe respect, be concerned about their respect, undergarments and their. We respect money in this country, so anybody. Who's yeah, like, like self-made billionaires. And so stuff, is Skims like, gonna be around still or yeah, not? Yeah, well, like, that's the thing. People would be like, okay, it was the products they're coming. Is Kanye still gonna make music, or is he gonna like go into mourning? Who knows. He's um, gonna be all right. He's yeah, still making music. He would definitely be all right. Let's do content review now that we're on pop review. culture. Yeah, that was a good segue. Um, let's talk about the contract. Well, how much what? time do we have left? Can we talk Not. a little bit? <laughs> we don't have any time left, but like, we're consumers of of the fantasy, right? And I, which fantasy? Football. Fantasy fiction. Okay. And it's content. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I.e. Game of Thrones. I.e. House of the Dragon. I.e. The Hobbit. I.e. Lord of the Rings. Okay. Go ahead. Yeah. So like, I love watching these shows and seeing like diverse, rich character development. It doesn't so much impact me what color they are, but apparently, Mm, a lot of people are like (laughs) rattled up by that. So like, you can't be a Targaryen yeah, and be brown? Yeah, be black, yeah. Same with uh, Lord of the Rings. Got a few black elves, or at least one. And yeah, sis a black is, queen she can sing, sing, too. She be talking to the rocks. Talk to the rocks, sis. Yep, yep, yep. You know, um, well, that it is what it is. And the same thing is happening with Ariel now. Yeah, does People that bother you? People are going to be mad. People are going to be racist. It doesn't bother me. I mean, it would... It would bother me if I cared about, like, the opinions of, like, a few ignorant idiots. TikTokers and Twitter but, fingers. Well, for, for those ignorant, and I call them ignorant because what I'm sure they did not consider are all of the situations, the dozens and dozens and dozens of situations where white people have played characters that were supposed to be of another race. I've never seen Jesus played from, by a non-white man. There you go. That's, that's, hey, that's, that's number one right there. Or even... You barely see Jesus depicted as a non-white man, when and he was definitely non-white. We can go from John Wayne playing Lawrence of Arabia to uh, freaking. I mean, it is laughable there, when there, they do it, and then you flip it on yeah, the head. There's a whole list of. But of, I know. wonder if they're peeved because like apps broke, right? When House of Dragons premiered, like everyone was on it. They don't care. Yeah, they're still getting consumed, right? Oh, Which, Amazon and them don't care. Yeah, HBO doesn't care. Hollywood doesn't, Hollywood doesn't care. Hollywood doesn't care. So I mean, Hollywood gonna, did it to represent. So you're gonna more keep black seeing it, so get comfortable yeah. and enjoy. And Idris Elba's gonna be the next James Bond, and that's fine Please. too. Oh my god, I can't wait. That's did they confirm too. that yet? Huh? No, they haven't confirmed it. But they don't should. speak they that. Do, don't do give it. me. Don't wrestle they my heart need like to that. Do it. Oh. It's time. And besides, like it, he won't actually be James Bond. He'll be like well, the next 007. And right? again, to yeah. me, it brings me back to this idea that Americans have a different concept of like diversity. Like the American dream for us is different because. Batman, mm-hmm. Superman, we replace those jokers like every five, ten years. We do. Spider-Man, mm-hmm. we got, to- how many spot right? In yeah. our, like, in yeah. our recent memory. Right, right, right. So the idea that we can recast characters, I love when Brandy was Cinderella. That was like, yeah. amazing. Yeah. So, to me, it didn't see, it, yeah. it's fiction, right? Yeah. So how are you so connected to fiction where I'm taking your childhood because yeah. Ariel's brown? <laughs> Yeah. She ain't even chocolate chocolate. She like... And then if you look at the original Ariel, she's not even that white. Like, she has a she has a tan. You know what I'm saying? Well, like, she's already different because yeah. she's like And she's head. also a mermaid. Yeah. yeah. And she's a mermaid. Right? <laughs> yeah. like, the yeah. idea of making someone different, if they're not your kind of different... Yeah. Then, like, because we're talking about hobbits again, fictional, yeah, like... fantasy, yeah. Different people. Yeah. And they still need to be white. I, I'm 
I'm confused by that. What do you think about James Franco being cast as Fidel Castro? Look, there's mm-hmm. a lot of Cuban history that I don't fully appreciate and understand. Mm-hmm. I'm not bothered by it, but I also yeah. feel like we need to reserve space for like artistry and like yes. who can tell the best story this, I agree. the way a story needs to be told. Yeah. Some of the controversy I don't know, maybe cut this if you need to. Okay. Woman King, right? Like Woman King, the focus is like yeah. a female led army. Yeah. When we watched Gladiator, we didn't want to get into the politics and morality of whether or not it was appropriate for like there to be slaves in Rome at the time. Mm-hmm. No, we wanted Russell Crowe to go out there and whoop some butt. Yeah. And and I was heavily, highly entertained by it. Mm-hmm. Please do more of those types of films. Mm-hmm. And I don't want to discourage artists from being able to yes. tell a story in the way that makes sense for them. Yeah, You should catch the remake of it if you didn't like how it was cast yeah. this time because someone else will tell that same story with a whole different group of people. Yep. So the two things I'll say about Fidel Castro and Woman King. One, Fidel Castro I actually, I don't know his particular background but I do know that Spaniards are from Europe too. Mm. And they came to the New World, and throughout Central and South America, you find the same retro dynamics that you find in the U.S., meaning that Spaniards are close to white. If, you know, some people consider them white, who knows, whatever. They're close enough to white, and so, like, another white man playing a Spaniard, it makes, you know, what, you know that's fine with me. I don't know what Fidel was. I don't know if he has some indigenous blood or, or black blood in him. And um, do they looks, love Fidel or looks, not? So, like, are you loving the portrayal by a white man or you are well, hating it? Or? He was just cast, so we'll see how the movie turns. So that's one. <laughs> and then on The Woman King, yeah, there was a little controversy over that. We forgot to get into it. It's fine. We can get into it next time. We haven't seen the movie yet, but I do plan to see it tomorrow. You do need to see it, too, because they need to Please make watch. more stories about our history Center and us. not a... 50 millionth story about the Roman Empire or what gladiators were doing or what the medieval times were doing. Right. But when it comes to the, um, uh, I can't remember the name of the thing. Um, anyway, uh, the, the name of that tribe. But when it comes to that group, the reason, so the, the controversy over it has been about whether or not they papered over or whitewashed, whitewashed. the history of the fact <laughs> that this group of, I know, right? Uh, that this group <laughs> of women or, or this tribe uh, sold slaves into the transatlantic slave trade. But the reason that's not a scandal is because slavery, like slavery, as, as Kira pointed out in the pre-show, slavery has been around uh, since prostitution, right? Like it's one of the oldest things that has, has existed in this, in this world. But it did not, nothing, uh, or... As, as far as we're aware, the slavery that was taking place in that part of the world at that time looked nothing like American chattel slavery. And so you can't expect for the people who were selling people into slavery back then, uh, uh, these women particularly, to have any idea of what they were selling their fellow Africans into, right? Um, like, at, I know at the time, because it, it, it's lasted for, for far longer than that time, and if you go to places like Nigeria now, they're... You know, there are people who you might have a houseboy who you don't pay, who you who you feed and you offer quarter to. And they are basically like a maid or a butler or whatever. And like, is that slavery? I mean, I mean, they can leave if they want, but it's like it's unpaid labor. Right. Uh, It's not necessarily forced. But my point is, is that kind of thing is how slavery looked like in Africa at the time when you would conquer a, a neighboring tribe or a neighboring people or you had an undesirable in the community like that's the kind of thing that they did and those were known as quote unquote slaves and so when you're selling those over to Portuguese and they're taking them across the ocean and they're doing all these unspeakable horrors and subjecting themselves to what we know of as American chattel slavery that's the reason why that's not a scandal so um uh, what was my point? We're going to go see My point movie. was you need to go see Woman King. Yeah. And we'll let y'all know how it is on the next episode, which will be recorded next week or the week after, but not any later than that. Not any later than that. We'll uh, see y'all soon. We appreciate you. Give us some feedback. Have a great week. Have a great week. Register to vote. Yes. Drink responsibly. Drink res- Yes, absolutely. We didn't say that in the beginning. Yeah, we should say it at the beginning, but we're saying it now at the end. Drink responsibly and remember to always... Hold high the light. I, I think it's more for fraternity thing. I shouldn't have said that. Um, oh, yeah. Don't do that. <laughs> so, for, uh, so I'm Clement. This is Kira B. And you just listened to another episode of the Political, Political Drunkies, Drunkies Podcast. Hey. Like and subscribe. Wait, where's the, where's the off button? There's like five of them recording. Why do you have so many? Uh, that right. one.